Now on Inside California Politics. If it is successful, I'm going to be there to run. Possible challengers are beginning to emerge as the effort to recall Governor Newsom pushes forward. We're getting literally hundreds of calls a day uh, from constituents trying to access the EDD, and it's quite frankly broken. Then mismanagement and billions lost to fraud. What needs to be done to fix California's troubled Employment Development Department? Broadcasting across the Golden State, this is Inside California Politics. Thanks for joining us for Inside California Politics. I'm Frank Buckley in Los Angeles. And I'm Nikki Lorenzo in Sacramento. Mounting issues this week for the Newsom administration. We start with an update on the effort to recall Governor Gavin Newsom. For a recall election to take place, organizers must collect nearly 1.5 million signatures by March 17th. So far, organizers say they've collected 1.2 million signatures. Only 410,000 of those signatures have been verified by the Secretary of State's office. So if the nearly 1.5 million signatures are collected and also verified, a recall election would take place later this year. Now, if that does happen, former Republican gubernatorial candidate John Cox is making it clear he will be among those running. We spoke to him recently about his plans. You have supported the recall effort against Gavin Newsom. You have not only come out vocally in support of it, you have financially supported it. And now you're taking it a step further, committing that if the signatures are received, it is certified that you will run in this recall election. Why? Well, the state is in crisis, Nikki. It's, it's kind of the things I talked about during the run in 2018. Uh, housing and homelessness are worse, but now we have the pandemic and the mismanagement that's gone on during this whole thing. Uh, we've got small businesses that have been crushed while Costco and Home Depot and big chains are doing just fine. Uh, we also have our kids being kept out of school and being kept out of activities. Uh, now the last straw, as far as I'm concerned, is the failure in terms of the vaccine distribution. We have gotten, I think now, 3 million doses from the federal government. We've only injected 1 million. There are seniors all across this state that are facing literally life and death if they don't get this vaccine. Yet it doesn't appear that there was any plan. Uh, there's 6,000 pharmacies, Nikki, in California. They should have been used. The Democratic governor of West Virginia, Jim Justice, who's a businessman like I am, he employed the pharmacies in his state and he has distributed all of the doses that he's gotten. They're all in people's arms, protecting them from this disease. Yet here in California, it's 30, 35%. This is unconscionable. And it's just one of a series of just instances of mismanagement. The politicians and being led by Gavin Newsom uh, have visited upon us and it's got to change. And I'm just not sitting back and, and watching this. I'm going to actually do something about it. Okay, so let's talk about the voter landscape in the state. A sure. lot of Democrats, a lot of independents. It is hard for Republicans to win here in California. So how do you overcome that? And also, how do you overcome the argument out there that you are just a Republican, a Trump Republican that has an ax to grind with Gavin Newsom? Well, well you know, listen. We're all people, Nikki. We all want to live a good life. We want to have a job. We want to be able to send our kids to school. We want to be able to afford 
a lifestyle. This isn't Republicans or Democrats or independents. I know the media and a lot of the politicians want to reduce it to that. But this is about people living a quality life. That's why I ran for governor in 2018. I saw the cost of living. I saw the problems with electricity, water, uh, the roads, the schools, public safety, the fire protection. I saw all these things as being a problem. And you know, Nikki, it gives me no pleasure to say they're now worse under Gavin Newsom's leadership, which is why the recall is so essential. So I look at the people of the state and I'm telling you right now, independents as well as Democrats are signing the recall petition. And why? Because they're not putting their ideology first, they're putting their lives first. They're saying, we want California fixed. We want management in Sacramento that's going to solve the problems of the state. And Nikki, I've dedicated my life, 40 years in business now, to solving problems and delivering results. I'm not a career politician like Mr. Newsom. I'm someone who has built his own business with uh, my two hands and a lot of help from a lot of people, but but really done it by delivering results and meeting the expectations of people and solving problems. And that's that's just not what's going on in Sacramento these days. You talked about the signatures. Are you confident that this recall effort is going to get the signatures needed? Because if as of right now, I believe it's more than 440,000 that have been certified and it needs over a million. Well, look, it's a it's a tough environment all the way around. I mean, collecting signatures is a tough task no matter when you do it. But in the middle of a pandemic where you can't go to shopping centers and you can't go door to door, uh, I know that they've been relying upon direct mail and having people download it uh, over the Internet. Uh, that's gotten them, I think now they're up to 1.2 million valid signatures. Uh, they need a million and a half. Uh, I know that they're going to try to collect two million. I'm supporting the effort, but I'm not running it. Uh, but I really believe it will be successful. And if it is successful, Nikki, I'm gonna be there to run. And, and again, I'm running to fix the problems of this state. It has nothing to do with uh, politics as far as I'm concerned. It's about solving problems and delivering results. The people of this state are looking at having to move, Nikki. And so many people and businesses have already done so. It's got to change. Among the other names that could run in a recall election, billionaire venture capitalist and co-owner of the Warriors, Tamath Paliapatia, he launched a campaign website this week. Also, former Republican San Diego Mayor Kevin Faulkner has formed an exploratory committee surrounding a run for governor. The Newsom administration facing tough questions this week about problems with California's unemployment system. A second EDD audit has detailed mismanagement State leaders admit as much as $31 billion in fraudulent benefits may have been paid out, with millions of Californians facing the possibility of having to pay back a portion of their unemployment benefits. Senator Daly, we now know that during this pandemic, the Employment Development Department has paid at least $11 billion in fraudulent claims to folks who while well, folks who actually qualify for benefits haven't received them or can't even get through to file their claims, you're part of a group of senators who are demanding oversight hearings. What needs to happen 
to stop this fraud and to fix this agency? Well, look, Frank, we've known for 10 months uh, that we've had a problem. We had a problem even before the pandemic. And so it's unconscionable that uh, we're here in this situation. We're getting literally hundreds of calls a day uh, from constituents trying to access the EDD, and it's quite frankly broken. On top of that, there are literally uh, thousands of people who have frauded the system. Um, uh, according to some experts, they're talking from 11 to $30 billion. Uh, that money's paid back uh, by business owners, such as myself. And so we definitely have oversight. We need the, uh, you know, the, the governor has been running this program. It's not been the legislature who has been involved, and it's time we be involved and uh, uh, get this uh, problem fixed. There's also a call, as you know, for oversight hearings with regard to COVID-19 data sharing. The Associated Press uh, last week reported that officials with the Department of Public Health and the Health and Human Services Agency were keeping some data secret in an attempt, they said, to not mislead the public. Is there something to this idea that raw data could be misleading, or do you agree there should be more transparency and oversight? Oh, Frank, 100% believe that we should see the information. They're making decisions based off of, I believe, uh, political decisions, and that's not fair to the people. Look, they're telling us we're too stupid that we can't understand the information. Quite frankly, I'm doing public records request acts to get try to get information so that we can make the right decision. Look, we're all in this pandemic together. We have one branch of government running our state right now, and it's not working. It's time the legislature does oversight and gets engaged. Our, we're the ones that are fielding the calls every day from frustrated uh, constituents. Um, our staffs are overloaded with uh, people who are calling, saying they're gonna commit suicide, Frank. That's real, and, our, and it is, is unconscionable. Mm -hmm. It's not right, and we need more uh, engagement by the legislature. Governor Newsom did lift the state's stay-at-home stay order this week. Many lawmakers have expressed frustration, though, over the communication of that change. Republicans and Democrats say they were blindsided by the news. The governor says there are times when you just have to act quickly. Do you have a thought on that? Well, I just asked this question. Tell me one thing that's working great in California. We've had EDD problems. We have vaccination rollout problems. We have... Uh, people who can't get their health care. It's, it's uh, uh, the governor is running this situation. The legislature is not engaged. I've been very frustrated. I've been speaking out. We've asked for the data. We need the data. We need to know why they're shutting down different uh, parts of our uh, sectors of our society. And um, quite frankly, uh, we need uh, definitely to have three branches of government working. And right now we uh, have one, and I think that the people are uh, getting sick of it, number one. And number two, I think that, you know, a lot of it's driven by politics. You know, I think he opened up the state, quite frankly, because his polling is tanking and he's not handling the situation in the right way. Well, let me ask you about that. All of this is happening, as you know, as Governor Newsom is facing a recall effort that appears to be gaining some momentum. Where do you stand on that? Have you made a decision as to whether or not you'll support recall? Oh, yeah, I definitely uh, support the fact that uh, when the government doesn't work for you, you need to throw the people out. And quite frankly, nothing's working in California. And it's due to the fact that we have one party rule. And when we have one party rule, that's just, they have all the power. We've made many suggestions as Republicans to try to um, expedite and help uh, get our constituents the services they, quite frankly, they need. And, uh, you know, once again, I couldn't tell you whether we need to have changes with the COVID practices because I don't have the data. 
and they're hiding that from us. They're hiding it from reporters. They're hiding it from regular citizens. Look, give us an opportunity to look at the facts, and then maybe we can figure out if he's doing the right thing or not. But quite frankly, we don't know because it's a big secret. We wait every day at noon to see what the governor's going to do, including the legislature, not just everybody in the state, but the legislature as well. And it's just frankly wrong, and people are fed up with it. And they're, they're going to recall him if, because he's not doing or being transparent with the people. Look, people usually don't like recalls. I don't like them. But when, pe- when, the, when you have a legislature or, or you have a governor who's not responding to the people properly, uh, we have an option, and that's recall. California leaders believe they have a fix for the state's vaccination troubles. We go inside the bullpen with two veteran California political reporters next. California is making major changes to its COVID-19 vaccine distribution plan. Blue Shield is now being tasked to help just one week after the state ranked dead last when it came to percentage of doses administered. Joining us now inside the bullpen, Cal Matters political reporter Laurel Rosenhall and LA Times Sacramento Bureau Chief John Myers. Grateful to have you both back on the show. A lot to talk about this week from the vaccine rollout to the recall effort and the EDD. John, I want to start with you because we did learn this week and you have some extensive reporting on this that it looks like Blue Shield is going to be handling this vaccine rollout. Uh, yeah, and I think the, the question really is, is exactly what is Blue Shield's role going to be? And, and I think it's going to take us a little bit of time to learn that, Nikki. I mean, we do know that the company has been hired in some way or soon will be hired to oversee the administration of the vaccine. What does that mean? Well, what we think it means is going to be basically the traffic cop, the air traffic controller, so to speak, the person or the entity rather that uh, makes sure that the vaccines are going to the locations they need to be that are taking the orders for the vaccine and trying to kind of speed that process up. I think the execution of this vaccine delivery program across California uh, has left a lot of people frustrated, uh, in part because we don't actually know for sure how fast the vaccines are going out and how much vaccine uh, dosing is left on the shelves in some places. But Blue Shield, everyone has heard of them. There are some criticisms that you're bringing in a, a not-for-profit organization to do this. And I think the details are going to be really important here because, again, there is this feeling that the state has not done what it needs to do to make this run smoothly. Well, also, too, when the new guidelines were announced early on this week, it seemed like the governor's office told some folks, John, but didn't tell, you know, members of the legislature either. Yeah, I think that, you know, one of the things that I and I know we'll talk about this is it has a political implication, right, is is this communication structure that the Newsom administration does or does not have with the legislature, with interest groups, with local governments. Um, and this was another place where people didn't have the information. The governor hinted about it on Monday. We learned a little bit more on Tuesday. We didn't learn it was Blue Shield until Wednesday. That's an exhausting process for people. And I think that it starts to raise these real questions about uh, efficiency and efficacy out of that governor's office. And I think that's uh, politically hurting him right now as well. Giving more ammunition to the recall effort. And Laurel, you have a great piece out this week too that really gives a lot of detail to not only how we got to this point, but also the process of a recall election, what it would look like. And I thought it was interesting that you pointed out that this recall effort didn't really have anything to do with the pandemic when it started. 
That's right. This petition that is circulating now was actually written in February of last year. So that was before the virus, you know, upended life for all of us and um, and led the governor to make all these restrictions, which have upset a lot of people. And so though the recall is gaining traction now because of the pandemic, um, both because people are unhappy about the restrictions, as well as the pandemic is the reason that um, the 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 supporters of the recall got more time to collect signatures because of the stay at home order. So the pandemic has really given life to this thing, but its original reason and even the writing on the petition, the reason that they're asking people to sign has nothing to do with the pandemic. They're citing things like high taxes, uh, immigrant friendly policies, lots of homelessness, um, Newsom's moratorium on the death penalty, things that you know are pretty traditional conservative criticisms of California's Democratic leadership. All right, final topic I want to get you guys both to address is the EDD. John, I'll start with you. I feel like every day we hear about another astronomical number when it comes to these fraudulent claims. And talk about, Nikki, something that can snowball into this political liability for the governor, the Employment Development Department and these, and two factors. One, of course, we were talking earlier in this pandemic about the slow process of people getting their benefits and waiting and waiting and the phone calls they could never get off of. And then we got into the fraud category. Simply put, I think the story of EDD is a story of a dysfunctional government agency. Uh, it is the kind of place that everybody hates. It is uh, antiquated in its technology. Uh, there were a lot of decisions that in retrospect that were made at the beginning of the pandemic that may not look so good now, but someone's got to get in and change this narrative. I mean, this is a, a conversation we're having here about politics. The political narrative has to change for the governor here and the drip, drip, drip of EDD is very bad for him, I think. Yeah, perfect segue, Laurel. It's really bad. Yeah, I think when I um, read, read the audits this week, you know, there were two very damning audits of, of the department. And what really struck me was just that they had been getting warnings for months before the um, before taking action. You know, they had been getting warnings that fraud was possible. They had been getting warnings about identity theft. You know, all of these things that were really um, came came to be very problematic and they didn't act on them for months. Coming up, my conversation with San Francisco billionaire Tom Steyer on helping businesses navigate the pandemic. In the early stages of the pandemic, Governor Newsom formed a task force to help businesses through the pandemic. That task force was co-chaired by former presidential candidate Tom Steyer until it was disbanded in November. I recently spoke to the billionaire about what was accomplished and what still needs to be done to help businesses. Businesses and the people who own them or work for them are hurting, as you know. Many have had to close. Some had hoped your task force and the great business minds on it would help them to survive during this pandemic. Did the task force fail them in some way? No. We had a very specific belief that the recovery could only happen in the way that we were outlining once the health situation, the COVID pandemic was under control, that that had to be dealt with first. And what we did was we spent months working to come up with a framework and recommendations 
for the governor for, to create the kind of equitable and clean recovery that was possible once that health situation was under control. And let me say, Frank, as a Californian, I can see how much pain there is from this pandemic and from touring the state and talking to people, I can see how much pain there is from the economic fallout from this pandemic, particularly from people who are unemployed and people who are losing their small businesses. Some business owners, as you know, have complained that the governor's shutdowns were not targeted enough. And in the case of restaurants, they feel betrayed. They felt scapegoated after they did everything they were asked to do to allow for safer outdoor dining. And then they were still forced to shut down. What would you say to them? Look, I know how much pain there is. For, as someone who started a business myself, I know that people have put their hearts and souls into those businesses and that they don't have the margin of safety that big companies do in terms of access to the stock market, access to big banks. We have to deal with this health situation first. And part of the recommendations that we made as a task force was to make sure that we supported those small businesses that we gave them the help to get through this extremely difficult time so that they could come out the other side. And, and Frank, I don't know if you know this, but Kat Taylor and I started a community bank 15 years ago to support just those kinds of small businesses, particularly ones owned by women and people of color. And that bank has been working overtime to try and provide those kinds of tied over loans, the money that lets people get to the other side and revive their business and revive their dreams and take care of the working people of California. So important. Coming up next on Inside California Politics, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy makes the trek to Mar-a-Lago, the deal he struck with former President Trump. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy visited former President Trump at Mar-a-Lago. Trump agreed to help bring back a GOP majority to the House. Right now, all of our full interviews are available online. Just head to your local website and click on the Inside California Politics tab. Thanks for joining us this week for Inside California Politics. We'll see you back here next week.